Hey community, in today's episode, Matt sits down with Jared and Jimmy from Austin Stone Worship to talk about their music, how they got started, and also how they find volunteers for their worship and tech teams and how they continue to pour into their teams so that they continue to serve. Check it out. We hope this interview is helpful and make sure you check out Austin Stone Worship on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream music. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com. And today we've got very special guests from Austin Stone Worship. Jared and Jimmy are here with us from Austin Stone Worship, and we're going to be talking about their music. But I also want to ask them some questions just about how worship is organized at their church as far as their bands, their scheduling, their auditioning process, um, and also maybe how they've handled that over the past two years with COVID. So it's going to be a really great conversation. If you guys have any questions at all, type them down in the chat box wherever you're watching this. If we have good questions, we'll take some questions live. So get your questions ready. And without further ado, here is Austin Stone Worship. Jared and Jimmy. What's, what's up, happening? Guys? Hey, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Glad to have you guys on the show. So what do you two do with Austin Stone? Tell me just a little bit about like your guys' roles. Like what is it? What does your week look like as part of Austin Stone Worship? Yeah, so we're both uh, worship pastors at our church uh, and elders at our church. And our, our church specifically is made up of six congregations uh, across the city of Austin. And uh, I'm a worship pastor at our north congregation, and Jimmy is at our west congregation. So our week uh, looks pretty much like a worship pastor elder role. I mean, we're serving our church and uh, leading yep. worship on Sundays and pastoring our volunteers and our bands and so yeah. yeah, rehearsing, planning set lists, mm-hmm. uh, having meetings throughout the week, um, not just with uh, folks that we call partners, which are people that we that are um, uh, what do folks call those things? Uh, partners. partners. I know, like uh, I can't remember whatever whatever <laughs> other churches call. Members. We call them partners, members. members. Thank you. There I you couldn't go. think of the word. Man. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, man, we we love uh, getting to do the things we get to do and. Um, and sometimes uh, some of that looks like um, uh, writing and uh, even recording other music that we're working on as well. Uh, it depends on um, the season that we're in. Yeah, that's awesome. So I was on staff for about almost 10 years at a church in Chicago called Harvest Bible Chapel, Vertical Worship. And we had we had multiple campuses around the city as well. Like I think we had like seven or eight campuses or something. I'm curious from your guys' uh perspective you know when at our church we actually kept every single set list exactly the same across every campus do you guys do that or is every church kind of autonomous and you guys build your own set lists or do you guys try to keep it all exactly the same man here's the deal we are we like to make sure that the message is uh centralized uh meaning even if it's what we like to call an all skate where all the uh all the pastors at each camp congregation are preaching um, we still make sure the message, uh, the outline of the message is the same and uh, the same similar message and main context of the text is coming out to that congregation, whatever they are. And with worship, though, um, we all uh, are autonomous in a way. Uh, we get to choose our own set list. We get to plan those. And we basically lead the songs that we think that are best for our people that are in front of us mm-hmm. um, rather than um, not saying this is the wrong way to do it, but rather than other folks. Um, hearing songs that won't work well uh, for that demographic 
Um, uh, we'd much rather let our worship leaders cater to the people that we're, we're leading um, that specific Sunday. So that's how we that's how we do it. And we love it. I mean, yeah. I, I love being able to play my own set list and um, care for the people really well at my congregation. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I would say the makeup of our church just has different demographics like our congregation specifically. Um, have some older people in it, whereas our downtown congregation is right next to the University of Texas, has a lot of college kids, you know, and so uh, we we build our sets and our liturgies each week based on the people that we're leading. We don't yep. necessarily have. Now, there might be some songs that we all may, like one song we might agree, like, yeah, all, yeah, of, our for people, after the message, yeah. all of our people need to be singing this song. I think that's yeah. a There's, good there's that's a good to do whatever tip songs that we want too for anybody leading worship. Sorry, I think there's a delay on just instead of just picking songs blindly, really thinking about who is who are the people you're leading, and like picking songs for Absolutely. them because I do and that that could be even a church that's just a single campus church. But having that mindset as you're planning your set list, I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely, man. So tell me a little bit about Austin Stone Worship. How did you guys start that? And also, what does that look like as far as like, do all the worship leaders from every campus get together like once a month and do songwriting together and then you do an album together? Or like, just give us, give us some of the practical, how do you make Austin Stone worship happen with with seven campuses? Yeah, man, I would say uh, as far as like time frame, uh, I've been here for about 14 years. Uh, Jared, how long you been here? Uh, Six years. Um, And uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of I, I've been there from the beginning when Austin Stone Worship like started and and got became what it became what it would end up becoming I, I guess you could say, um, but it all came from uh, just a, a dream that one of our one of our guys had of of us um, caring for and loving other churches and and pouring into other worship leaders and um, doing that in the way where we are writing songs that come straight from scripture and are also resourcing uh, people as much as we can but also. Uh, out of a, a heart of discipleship and development um, and wanting to develop worship leaders because we as worship leaders got together and we thought, man, uh, there was only a couple of us on the team at the time. And we just thought, man, what are some of the things that we personally would have wanted to know uh, before these um, as worship leaders, worship pastors? And we came up with a fun curriculum and we ran a couple of plays of that over the last 14 years. And, um, and uh, man, fast forward, uh, now um, we uh, write together, we do songwriting, we do all those things. Our first album, I think, came out in either 2009 or 2010, one of those years. Um, and we've had several albums uh, happen uh, since then. Uh, and a lot of that is very intricate and um, how we do that is very intricate. And we can get into the uh, the weeds of that. But the overall overview of it is um, we have a songwriting retreat that we try to fight for that happens whether once a year or twice a year. Um, and our, our, t- our, uh, our uh, teaching pastors, they get together twice a year to um, nail down what the sermons will be about uh, for the next six to nine months. And when they come back from that meeting, uh, they share that information with us and we fight to write songs in light of what our church will be going through. Um, and that's what, we're, that's what we're doing. We're writing songs for our church specifically. Um, and then if they can work at other churches, that's great. Um, but that's not our goal uh, is for uh, us to be writing songs for other churches. We're writing for our people. And, um, and that's where that comes from. And a couple of us are 
like do a better job in a way. We have like a, a, a more of a skill set in writing than others. So, man, like a lot of those guys write more often um, and they, they take time to write and co-write with others mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that that happens uh, sporadically, depending on what's coming next, if there's another album that's potentially coming uh, or just to continue to flex that muscle as much as you can and get better at it. Um, just trying to trying to write when you can. So yeah. anything else you want to add to that, man? No, I think that's good. I, I, I think what I love about our church and, and the way that Austin Stone Worship is set up specifically is that, you know, we, we each lead at a congregation, but um, we very much like work together during the week. Yep. It's not like we see each other every week. We're not like siloed to our congregations, yep. you know? So there's a, a creative, a creative energy on our team that we're able to collaborate on things. We're able to write together. Um, and we're able like, even today we were talking about like set lists and stuff for Sunday, you know, like yep. there's just such a collaborative nature to our team that I feel like is, has been really healthy for Austin Still Worship. And I'll add to that, man. Like uh, one of the things I've really loved about our church in general, uh, even yesterday, our staff meeting for our entire staff, which our staff is huge. It's mm-hmm. like over 180 some people, including yeah. residents. Yeah. Uh, I was about maybe 200 or so, yeah. like all together. Um, and our whole staff meeting was all worship um, through song and through reading scripture. And that's all we did for the whole mm-hmm. staff meeting. And we had two of our worship leaders lead worship. And we all got to be a part of that. And at times, a lot of our staff meetings do have worship as a worship through song as a piece of the staff meeting. And that's a that's just a really good way to um, like unify us as a staff, as well as um, let other people that are at other congregations hear those other worship leaders lead um, and for them to be bought into uh, our entire team as well. Um, and then on top of that, man, we meet once a week as a team. Um, and uh, we have vision casting uh, during that time frame, and we talk about hard things and good things. And, and we also do this thing where we celebrate one another, which is really cool. So every yeah. uh, every meeting, uh, two people stand up and they celebrate uh, some folks on the team. And our team now, as a cre- it's, we call it our creative team, which is not just Austin Stone Worship, but um, anybody that does creativity with it on our staff, um, uh, the folks that are doing um, all the design, uh, our um, all the guys that are helping out musically and all those things all meet together as a team together now, um, which is awesome. And I love yeah. that. So that's, that's been really good for our team and unifying us as a family. That's awesome. So you guys released an album, something greater. And then another one recently called Jesus is greater, a live album. Um, what is your, what do you think is the best song that's come out of Austin's own worship in your opinion? That's a hard question, that bro. That's a hard question. I would, well, I was thinking, I was actually thinking about this last night because I was thinking about the song Jesus is Better and how we still sing that song mm-hmm. pretty, yeah. pretty frequently, yeah, you know? Like, I'm even, I'm, I'm thinking about us singing that this Sunday. Like, it's just, and that song's been around for a long time. I don't yeah. even know when that came out, um, mm-hmm. 2013, 2014, maybe. And so people still really connect with that song. So I would say Jesus is Better is probably my. Yeah. And man, I would say I'm an Enneagram seven, so you can't be like (laughs) pigeonholing me to saying one. Uh, I've got multiple in my head right now. Um, And to be honest with you, man, like I think for me personally, it depends on the mood that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because something greater, which is the title track of uh, that that album that we did with TGC, man, I'll be the day the first heard that song, and it was dead. I was like, oh, it's all right. And uh, and then as I heard it again, I was like, man, 
there's something about it that's awesome. And then uh, I collaborated with one. Uh, um, I led worship one Sunday, and I was like, man, I think I want a female to lead some of the lower parts. So, man, we we it became a co-led song, and that's what it is on that on that live album. Um, and when it became co-led, man, I fell in love with the song even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, and some guys aren't like that, uh, but but for me, man, lyrically it was it was great. But singing it for me just by myself, um, yeah, man. I, I, for me, I was like, man, I, I want to. I want somebody else to sing those low parts to keep the energy up, up as well. So, um, but yeah, man. Yeah, I, how do I, you guys? I can't, I can't pick one, bro. How do you guys decide what songs go on the album? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, there there are so many demos of yep. songs. And it's, uh, I mean, we're, we're writing all the time. And I, I saw a list this morning of some of the songs that are kind of in process, you know, yep. that are just demos or, or just ideas. And um, it's really just a collaborative nature of like, what is, mm-hmm. what is the best expression for our team and for our church right now? Like, what do we want to say if we put yeah. something out there? Like, what, yep. are, what, are the, what are the best songs? It's kind of like the theme. What's the theme of the album mm-hmm. and which songs go with that theme? Yeah. And if they yeah. do, awesome. And then we put the other ones kind of in a vault or we go back to them and keep rewriting them and making them better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, what happens to all the songs, the Island of Misfit songs, you know, like what happens <laughs> to all the songs that don't make it? Yeah, either you're singing them by yourself, uh, <laughs> with, hanging out with Jesus, um, <clears throat> or you may even, you may even yeah. try to lead them in your congregation at a prayer service or something like that and, yeah. and yeah. seeing if they're, uh, like if they can be used in different different areas. Um, so that is something I'll say about, about some of the new songs is we, we like to try them out either like in smaller gatherings, like family, mm-hmm. family prayer nights or, or, or even staff meetings, or staff meetings. Yeah. like just to see how the songs land. Cause if they don't land with those people, then you know we're not going to release it or something. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. And if it doesn't land with our people, it definitely, yeah. cause we're, we're releasing those, that, those albums for our people. So many people in the beginning, they'd always ask, Hey man, we love y'all's version of this song. Are y'all like can can we can I get it somehow? And I'm like, well, no, nope. you can come back to church next week, yeah. uh, and we might yeah. do it. But um, yeah. but yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, for sure, everybody needs to go listen to Austin Stone Worship if you have not listened to their new album. Check it out wherever you listen to music. But uh, let's switch gears here and talk practical worship leader stuff. All right, this is the nitty gritty Monday through Friday yeah. uh, issues and. I'm not sure at your guys' churches, like if all of your volunteers kind of move around the different campuses or every campus or church, you know, has all of their own volunteers that stay at that campus every single weekend. Something we hear from worship leaders a lot right now, I feel like more than ever I'm hearing it, is worship leaders are having trouble finding worship and tech volunteers and band members. How have you found success with this to actually fill in all the missing positions that you need? That's a good, really good question. Um, and I, I'm definitely not going to say that we have this figured out because we're still, <laughs> no, we're still learning no, a lot. Um, I will say that one thing that's, that's been unique. Um, and, and for me personally, um, Austin Stone is, is the third church that I've served at on staff. And this is the first church that I've ever been at that we have a, a band centric model, which means uh, we play with the same band members every single week. So there's um, it's, it's very easy for that. Uh, it, it feels like a family, you know? And so there's a lot of camaraderie in it. There's a, you know, 
like when I'm leading with the same people every single week, I know their stories. I know what they've been going through the last, you know, couple weeks. And so um, it just feels like a, a family. I know a lot of churches don't have that. And I've been in, in other churches where, you know, you're switching volunteers in and out and you never know if, you know, somebody's going to get sick last minute. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've been in those worlds. Yeah. And our production teams at, at all of our campuses are all volunteer. And so that's the method that we use. We rotate them in and out. But I think the best thing that I've seen um, is that there, there needs to be like a collective sense of what you're going for. There needs to be a, a vision of why you do the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've been taught here that proximity means influence so that to have any influence over the teams or the people that you lead, you need to have proximity to them, which means you need to be around them. And yeah. so uh, we, we did um, worship collectives for a long time where we would gather all of our volunteers together in one place once yeah. a month from all of our congregations, from all of our congregations yeah. and like speak and cast vision again, tell them why they were there, tell them why they were valued. And they're just, I don't know when you, when you tell people that over and over and over again, they get bought into the mission and vision again over and over because they forget it, you know, even, even once a month, they forget it. And so uh, we saw, we saw a lot more buy-in from people, when there were regular like touch points with them, making mm-hmm. them feel like, yes, you're a part of this. In yeah. fact, I can't lead worship without you. Like you're so vital to the mission and vision of what we do on Sundays. Yeah. So, and it's even as simple as, I mean, for me, I look at it as uh, discipleship mm-hmm. and um, that kind of like goes through uh, this lens of mine of, of everything that we do within our church as well. Yeah. And man, if you're inviting people over to your house on a Saturday or even this Sunday to watch the Super Bowl game, invite all your production volunteers and whoever come over to your house, watch the game. It could be a potluck. You ain't got to you don't got to pay for anything. Um, and they just show up. And what you're doing there is like creating this camaraderie, this familial like feel to things. Mm-hmm. And if y'all did that once a month yeah. just to hang out. They would start inviting people. Yep. They would start telling people more about production. They would be more bought in. Um, even if y'all just we we did this thing. We've done it often, uh, but once a month um, uh, before COVID hit, uh, we'd have a game night basically, which was uh, and we'd have a game night as a as a team um, at West Congregation, and it was just like this thing we call fishbowl, and it was a mixture of three games, and we just played it, and we played for like an hour and a half, two hours, and we had food and uh, yeah. and just hung out, and it was awesome. Um, and we have so many yeah. production volunteers uh, at our campus right now that are super bought in mm-hmm. because they feel like they're part of yeah. what we're doing. They yeah. feel like they're a part of everything that Absolutely. we're about. It's interesting how the worship pastor role really requires those two sides. There's the worship, like music, musician, creative role, but then there is this pastoral role yeah. of discipleship and like leading your teams. And it takes both to do it well, to do that role well. Yep. Tell me about the band model. Is it only one band or do you have multiple bands on a campus? Yeah, it depends on, it depends on the the worship leader. So like Jimmy and I, we both have um, our band that we, we play with and, and some like separately. These, yeah. Separately. Have, Sorry. Yeah. Each worship leader has their own band. Yeah. And um, yeah, some That's of those awesome. band members. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it, it creates a lot of freedom for us as worship leaders yeah. to, you know, last minute, if we need to yeah. change a song or something, it's, it's easy because we've been playing together for forever and we know like the tendencies and we know uh, there's just a comfortability in yeah. that. So, and that band we rehearse weekly. Yeah. Um, so we're working on new songs. 
Uh, we're working on like arrangements of songs and making things sound better. Uh, like I, even tomorrow morning we're rehearsing and I'm, I have this these thoughts of like adding this song into this song, making that bridge connect here. Instead of trying to do that Sunday morning, we're going to do the rehearsal and yeah. spend time to make it sound like like very fluid yeah. and yeah. feel flawless and Definitely. everybody be on the same page. And uh, yeah, so definitely um it's not easy I, love- you know, I know there's some people who are listening to this like we will never be able to get to that point we have so many volunteers and and i get yeah. that because we've had these conversations before but but i do know that there's something to be said for having like set bands of, of people yep. who play together a lot yep. so even if you have a bunch of volunteers like you know have a have an a band and a b band and a c band or something you know that you rotate there's just um there's something so unifying of having the same people. Yeah, and I would say I would say within within that, mm-hmm. not letting the A band be like all the best players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <clears throat> actually mixing in people in each band yeah. that are really really good, and then the folks that are really good, encouraging mm-hmm. them to disciple the people that aren't that good, yeah. and bringing them in and doing lessons and and like teaching them what it looks like to disciple them. Because Jesus told us to like go and make disciples, not volunteers. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. like yeah. that's what we ought to be doing is yeah, just discipling sure. others how to love well. And, and care for other people well too. Yeah, I love that model. And honestly, I haven't thought about this in a long time. But while we were talking about this, that reminds me of when I was on staff at Willow Creek, leading worship for their student ministries. I actually did that as far as making an A band, a B band, a C band, and it wasn't by level. And actually, I didn't even call it ABC. I let them all choose a name for the band, so they had yeah, like a creative cool. name awesome. for their band. But the reasoning behind it was that I treated each of those bands as a small group and yeah. it helped to be able to like disciple like that group of students every single time they were on. And I agree with you that musically you get better when you've played with the same people a bunch, you get better, you know, all boats rise, but um, also it just builds community. The more you play together as like this one core, it builds this like bond that is very special and unique. And I love that model. And if it's if you if a church can pull that off, I think that's the way to go. If you can actually get people to commit to a band like and playing once a month or something. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. Even like playing once a month and rehearsing once a month or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because rehearsal's key. Not Sunday morning. It shouldn't be, in my opinion, mm-hmm. rehearsals the only rehearsals that happen shouldn't just be on Sunday morning. Totally. And if you even treat it, I remember going out to dinner with these guys afterwards and treating it like a small group. Hey, tell me about what's happening in your life and yep. praying together. Yeah. Like there's huge things you can do there. Dude, I'll tell you this, man. At my rehearsals, uh, not everybody does this. Like we all do our rehearsals differently. But man, I, I have such a huge conviction for prayer at my like within my band that my rehearsal starts with prayer. And there's been once at one, one or two times that we didn't get to any music. We prayed the entire time. Mm-hmm. And people have prayer requests. And I, I tell them all the time, I care more about you than I do about music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want you to feel cared for because when you feel cared for, you'll like it will come out of your music and you'll actually want to worship yeah. Jesus. So, mm-hmm. Wow, that's so good. What would you guys say has been the most challenging thing for you guys to face during this season of COVID? Man, I would say... From a worship pastor perspective. Yeah, man. I would say uh, it's kind of twofold because I, for me personally, I can't take away my own personal 
mm-hmm. like life and like aspects of like all the things that have happened in my life mm-hmm. over the last two years, because there's been a lot of heartache and sadness and loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that has affected the way that I've led. Um, and I've been very vulnerable with our congregation and people as I've led them. And I feel like that vulnerability has brought about intimacy with congregation as well. Um, but I think the hardest thing, man, which a lot of churches are dealing with is, uh, man, just how uh, people migrate in a way where they're like, you were, we're all in church and then now we're not in church. And uh, now some people are coming twice a month, once, yeah. once a month. Yeah. And uh, just the, like the, the doorway in a way of different people coming in. Um, like every some Sunday, people left just, and never came back. yeah, some people have left and didn't come back, man. And as an elder, I know who, like some of those people and yeah. I've had to have phone calls with, with those people and call them and see what's going on in their lives, you know? Um, and that, that part's probably been, uh, one of the hardest things, man. It's just like pastoring and shepherding, shepherding, uh, the flock, um, trying to do that really well in the midst of you also going through a lot of stuff. Um, and having to have uh, empathy and sympathize with uh, other folks, man, that are all do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would say just the lack of proximity to our people. I mean, I, I think we saw it over COVID. People, mm-hmm. people realized that they could just do church online, you know, and, and uh, be in their living room. And, and so I'm like, man, there's such a value in being in the same room together, you know, and being able to communicate that. And then, I mean, for me personally, it's just, it was just hard to, to be away. It was just hard to be on Zoom calls and mm-hmm. leading worship over Zoom a couple of times. I mean, it was just weird. It was the weirdest thing, I, you know, who knows what that did to us, you know, only time will tell, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't feel like we've even fully emerged from it yet. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't know that it'll ever be like it was, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of churches really struggling yeah. with yeah. that. Yeah. I guess I'll see you guys in the metaverse uh, next <laughs> week or something. <laughs> yeah. So we got a um, question from Brad, a live question here. We're going to pull it up on the screen. This is an interesting question. So if you have a culture... So how do you change this? If, if How do you change the culture where maybe you have musician volunteers have this kind of attitude of you need me more than I need you? And so then they're just like, you know, showing up to practice late, showing up to services late. It's interesting because I can I even almost like remember like times when I've had volunteers that I don't know if they've actually they would say like you need me more than I need you, but they definitely have this mentality of just like. I roll how I run, you know, like I'll show up to rehearsal 30 minutes late, never practicing the music. Like, how do you change that kind of mentality in that culture? If you have that type of issue. Man, that, that's hard because I think that's more of a, of a heart issue yep. that you got to deal with. Yep. Um, like the, the, the church does not exist to serve your gifts. Like your gifts exist to serve the church. You know, like it's, it's not like we're not, like we we love the joy that you get by serving the mm. church, but honestly, like not every single time, you should want to take the people who are most faithful and who are most bought in and who love Jesus the most, rather than just based on their gifting. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's been so many times, even us, like when we're talking about musicians, we have two different like drummers we could we could use, yeah. and maybe one needs a little bit more development, but. His his heart is in the right place. Like yeah. I would rather spend the time developing this guy 
because he loves Jesus. And yeah, that it's like kind of character over competence. <laughs> yeah, character yeah. over competence. Like that's just such a good, a good value. So yeah, and I would, yeah, and I would I also add. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I think this is also definitely a result of loving the music more than the people. Yeah, and yes. people, <laughs> if people sense that. If people sense that you're just like you care more about the production, more about the music than you care about them, they, this kind of mentality can grow and kind of fester, and that that's where the pastoral part of being a worship pastor comes in. Absolutely, yeah. and I would encourage I would encourage him to start meeting with him mm-hmm. like biweekly or even weekly, just to have breakfast and ask him, "Hey, how was your week? Yeah, how are you doing?" Asking them about life, hear the story, hear the story, all the things, and then like. As they see that you care about them, they'll be okay with you sharing some hard stuff with mm-hmm. them and even telling them, hey, you need to take three months off from yeah. music. I had to have some really hard conversations with people in the past um, of even telling someone that I thought I believe that they idolize music and that they should they should not play for mm-hmm. three to six months and just come to church. And that was a hard conversation, but it needed to happen. Yeah, lay it down. You guys, I appreciate you taking the time to talk. And uh, it's always just fun to kind of talk about you know, guys who are like really like putting worship music out there, but also who are in the trenches every single week. And, you know, they're doing the, you're doing the hard work of being a worship pastor. And I, there's a lot of people who relate to you in that. And so I appreciate you guys sharing your heart and for joining us on the show. Yeah. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. All right. All right, you guys. So good to have uh, the guys from Austin Stone Worship. Such an interesting conversation. Uh, talking about volunteers and organizing bands and the tension of being a worship musician, you know, the music side, but then also the pastoral side of managing people and loving people and discipling people. And it's a, uh, it can be a tricky calling. So um, always a good conversation. If you guys have not, make sure you go check out Austin Stone Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, probably wherever you listen to music. They're there. So go to Austin Stone Worship. Listen to the music. Listen to their new album, Something Greater. I'm going to check out that song actually right now when we're done with this. Something Greater. They said that that's one of their favorite songs. And so um, make sure you check that out. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Thanks for joining us for Loop Live. If you have not yet already, make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button wherever you're watching this video. And we'll see you soon. This is Matt. Thanks for listening. Hey, let us know what's the main thing you learned from today's talk. Write it down in the comments. Send us a DM. We hope to hear from you soon.